0: Hey everyone, Shannon here. Mio and I have some very exciting news to share with you. We are hosting our very first travel retreat, November 9th through 12th, 2023. This is something we've been dreaming about creating for over a year now an event where people can come together and explore their own intuition, developing it, working in a safe space with others who want to do the same, exploring working with their own energy. Diving into self, deep healing, sisterhood, meditation, manifestation, all of the really, really good stuff. Even opportunities for past life regression. We also found the coolest location, a super eccentric, historic ranch in the mountains outside of Phoenix, Arizona. There's a pool, a hot tub, a huge fire pit, and access to hiking nearby. It's the perfect place to do this. Three and a half days of diving deep into your soul self. Food and lodging are included. You can find all of the details and lodging options on our website at Podcast.com slash retreat. We would be so honored to share space with you in this. Hey, welcome back to the Souls and Stardust podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. This is interviewee number two, Mio and I are really branching out these days, trying to get people on to talk about their interesting lives and how uh, they help people to expand their horizons in their own healing journey. So today we have Kristen Odegaard here, and I know Kristen, it's been six years, I think that I've known you. She started to see me for Reiki six years ago, and she was going through some pretty intense shit at the time. And I was just starting my practice. And over the years, it just has evolved into quite a healing journey for her. And likewise for her watching my own journey, just evolve as a healer and as a human being that we've gotten to know each other really, really well. Like we were just joking before we started the recording that Shannon knows all my secrets. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> mine too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All so, I really, of them all dark. of them, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of it, right? Like, I just was reading something about um, a poem about being the hero and the villain of your own life. And I'm like, that's so apropos, right? We have to be both in order to live in this duality and learn through it. So, anyway so Kristen, we're gonna have you tell us about who you are what for our listeners what would you like them to know about who Kristen is
2: right thank you and I'm honored to to be guest number two that's exciting so yeah. Uh, I am here today as a, uh, women's life coach. And so that has been part of my, my journey as, as we've gone through this. Uh, so I, like I said, have met Shannon, uh, six or seven years ago. Yeah. And at the time, uh, was, was going through, um, a divorce, personal crisis, and, um, Dealing with a a whole lot of shit that just set off my my journey and um, I have have evolved. Um, I'm an educator uh, initially and so I bring that into everything that I do. I started out teaching middle school and high school and I went into adult ed and human resources and lots of problem solving and the current iteration then is um, trying to help, help women, um, but being a little bit more on the proactive side, um, rather than the reactive side of like trying to, trying to fix things. So uh, (laughs)
1: yes,
2: (laughs) it's it's, as much as we can, you know, but, um, so it's been an interesting, um, evolution as I've worked through, um, grief, loss of a parent, um, becoming a single parent, Mm -hmm. um, You know, just loss loss of family, trying to find my own identity as as a person who had um, been married to a high school sweetheart. And now I'm, you know, in my mid-40s and it's like, well, now what? And so it has uh, just been a a growing experience. And um, I'm so honored to have, have known Shannon. And I had never tried Reiki before and was just kind of at one of those where like, hey, I need something let's Uh let's try it and they'll just draw um, to it yeah yes and um it was just such a profound experience and and her intuition is scary amazing
1: and (laughs) (laughs) so um, yeah it's so spot on and pure and gentle
0: but it's like
1: cuts right to the fucking core (laughs) yeah
0: we we don't like to fuck around right like (laughs) we like to we like to talk about what's there but I am the Libra like the stellium you know the Libra stellium has to be gentle about it but Yeah. yeah and likewise Kristen I've been so honored and humbled to be part of your journey just seeing how much change has come to you and how you're actually um You're you're so much more um, full of life, knowing yourself at a deeper level, and I would beg to say that you're actually thriving now, in in light of everything that has gone on, because you have had to go into all those dark corners that you weren't forced into before, and so you know yourself inside and out now, and and you have such a different energetic signature about yourself now. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, it, it's been such a wild ride. I know that there were a lot of fucks and a lot of <laughs> fuck this shit that that we've talked about in the last yeah. six, seven years. But man, what a journey it's been for you. So for our listeners, because you know Kristen, there's more to Kristen than just like you know, pursuing this credential as a life coach and helping women this way. There's so much about Kristen. That's amazing. Um, but when did you start to study life coaching and what brought you to actually pursue a a programmatic credential in it? Cause you went through a program that's pretty rigorous.
2: I, I did. Yep. Um, and I discovered coaching, um, right about the same time that, that I was working with you in, in the sense that I had, I had hired a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, um, I had discovered that my husband at the time was having an affair. And so there, um, I, I, I was, was blindsided. He had, he had wanted a divorce. And so I was, Working with a therapist, doing all these other things, but really kind of spinning, but um, found some online support and got into to a group uh, with a fair recovery and had some individual coaching on, on that end. So that was my first exposure. Um, to, to coaching. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I actually went on to work with, um, a, a group, a nonprofit through with, with marriages in crisis and kind of triage people as they were, mm-hmm. um, coming, uh, as, as things were blowing up and, yeah. and helping them to find resources and, and support. So I really enjoyed working with, with people on that end. Um, so, and similarly, uh, I, I realized that my, my day job at, at the time, which is a lot of human resources work, lots of problem, problem solving. Nobody ever calls me just to say like, Hey, I'm having a great day. Right. Um, so it was like, I can really use some of, some of these skills, um, and started just learning more about, um, initially it was, you know, relationships, but then mm. attachment styles and, and personalities and how our brain works. And, um, it in a lot of ways was just became a distraction to learn a lot lots of things as as life was going on but um, yeah so it um probably um in about 20 2019 I really started thinking that you know I I think I want a an actual coaching certification it's a mm-hmm. uh unregulated field so I mean anybody can, go online and spend either zero money or you know 39 bucks yes, yes. hey hey I'm, <laughs> I'm a coach and that sort of thing so uh Depend I the I did... barrier to entry is low. <laughs> yes, it, it is it is very low. And you know like anything there's there's pros and cons to that. But yeah. I uh, had discovered the the life coach school and um they you know every everybody has uh different you know things that they're they're looking for in a program um this was based on um some of the the work of Byron Katie with with inquiry as as well oh, as, yeah. as Mar- Martha Beck and you know is is this true and how do our thoughts relate to our feelings and really going into uh, mindset as well as the emotional work and mm-hmm. i really liked the emotional aspect of this program instead of it being simply action oriented that you see in a lot of, uh, bit like business coaching kinds, yeah. kinds of programs. And, uh, because I was getting more in tune with, with myself and my emotions. And in my case, it had been pretty much burying emotions for mm-hmm. most of my life. And so just that, that exposure, um, was, something that I thought I I want to do and then um when things slowed down for for covid uh it, during that that initial you know 2020 stage and I, I thought mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm have some time I can really put uh, why the, the hell not yeah the, yeah. <laughs> yeah the energy and and the the resources into this and um it was really a heart decision which for me, it is unusual because I'm very, huge. very like logical, do all my research. You run her
1: astrology. <laughs> <channels>.
0: <laughs> I, so. I have run her astrology before, but it's been a long time. So I don't yeah. even remember what her chart looks like. When is your birthday yeah. again? March twenty eighth. Oh, so oh yeah. In okay. Yeah. She's an Aries.
2: Yeah. And um, so so that was that was a huge step for me. It was, it was a, a big financial investment that um you know, logically didn't make a whole lot of sense. I could have done lots of other programs that were, you know, less expensive or just, you know, had the same um, sorts sorts of credentials. And um, it was probably the first big decision that I really made of just like, no, I, I want this. And this is what my heart is leading me to do. Yeah. And so just, just stepping into that for myself was uh, kind of a a a a growth experience for sure. But absolutely part of of the journey as well.
0: Well, and it was, I remember when you were trying to decide between programs and we would talk talk about it in session at times. And it really was like the first big choice that you had to make about your future trajectory post divorce. So that was really Mm -hmm. big for you. And, and I look back at that time and I'm like, I, I think about it as wow, she's charting her way forward. And and the fact that you went to the heart space to feel through it as opposed to think about what's practical and logical, that's huge for you. That was huge mm-hmm. for you. And then and,
1: even post divorce, especially when you're with somebody for so long when it comes to these big decisions, you're used to that other person having their say in things. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. without even realizing it, their, their voice lives inside of you. And Mm -hmm. so when you're thinking about these things, and especially if they were unsupportive at all whatsoever with your dreams, normally it's, it's one of those, those tests you face as soon as you're like, okay, I know what they would be saying towards this, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyways because I trust myself. And this is part of me growing up. And this is part mm-hmm. of me feeling confident in the steps that I'm about to take because I really don't give a fuck what this person thinks anymore. And they mm-hmm. no longer hold that control over me, that influence yeah. over my decisions for my life.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was actually it, be, beyond that for me, kind of the the inner childhood work of just mm-hmm. being um, so we we didn't make we didn't make emotional decisions you know kind of right. kind of growing up and right. so um it, be, besides it being you know just me and and not having a a partner there but also kind of all the against all of the program my yeah. you know initial programming and childhood experiences right. as well too right
0: right uh, okay so it was about 2019 2020 is mm-hmm. when you started to really get into this program for coaching mm-hmm. And what was it like for you? Like, how did it change as you were studying this and pursuing the credential? What kind of effect did it have on you?
2: Oh, huge. Um, One of the things I liked about the program in uh, the the certification is they say that you are your first and most important client. And Mm -hmm. so having to do, do the work, and not that anybody else's journey is, is mine, but not, not shying away from the hard stuff, and for me as a, you know, type A <laughs> perfectionist, um, logical thinker, and knowing that I really needed to embrace this other, these other parts of myself, um, And, and I think Shannon, we had talked, used the terms like emotional excavation a a lot because it wasn't just like digging in. It was like,
0: (laughs) you got to remove it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was
1: removal. Yeah. Debris Um, removal. Yeah.
2: Of, of, of so many things. So challenging my thinking and, uh, I, I say to clients and, and all the time, I think the most. Profound thing for me, and it it seems so basic. It's just the the concept that just because you think it doesn't mean it's true.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and
2: that initially I was like, "Holy shit!" Like (laughs) just because this is in my brain and has seemed like so so deeply embedded for however long, Mm -hmm. the fact that it might not be true of my my thoughts about the world, the thoughts about myself, about other people, and the expansion of opening up those possibilities, uh, it was exciting, but Individually, really scary. because yeah,
0: it's, it's overwhelming too.
2: It, it it was where you know where do I start? And there's so much here. And do I want to question everything about myself? And how how do I you know how do I go about this? And you know then you get really meta of like you know, analyzing all you know yeah. all of thinking about your thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I do that. I observe my thoughts. Observing my thoughts. Like yes, good. It's, like, oh, yeah. it's inception. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Uh, oh my gosh. That's the overwhelming part is. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the, the change I, and the, the evolution for me of just being able to, to question, to let go of judgment and really um, I I've tried to embrace curiosity is, is where I've really tried to, to embrace in terms of just how, how I approach um Everything, 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 and and rather than here's how it should be. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes it needs more of a reminder than, than others. And, you know, you still have lots of should thoughts, but.
1: A a um, big thing, like how you just mentioned how it should be, that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the things I realized that I had to face and question on my journey is like, why do I think it should be this way?
0: Who told me
1: it should be this way? And why do I believe it should be this way? Like, is this a desire or is this because someone else told me this is what the plan is or what it should look like?
2: Yeah. So that has really, you know, and, and what I loved about my program is we got everything into everything from, um, just how, how to make decisions to uh, different perceptions about money and body image and love and relationships and, and, and that whole gamut. So it was a lot of really deep, uh, you know, thinking and questioning for, for me. And as I was started coaching other, other clients and I, I was coached weekly through, you know, through this process as well by others and, So just so much exposure and that's, I I used the word expansion before, and that's probably one of the the biggest things for me. It's just uh, the awareness that there's just so much more Mm -hmm.
0: out there. I love that you were so supported too, when you were going through this process of learning, Mm -hmm. like you were actively working on your own emotional excavation, Mm -hmm. which I get that was totally the point of this program and that you were so supported in doing it. And by doing it, you're learning how to help others do it. Mm-hmm. I also really love the bittersweetness of this entire story that you probably would not have pursued this mm-hmm. had you not gone through the things yep. that you did.
1: Mm-hmm. And, Great point. and
0: we wouldn't know you as the Christian you are, had those things not happened and, uh, there wouldn't be as many facets to the gem you are now. Right. Or they would have still been like undiscovered. Right. And so I, I keep thinking about that, like, Holy shit, this truly is an evolution for you. And now having gone through this and you and I have talked about this a lot, like how your seasoning and your experience, uh, your personal experience is just going to help you. You tremendously as you guide others through their process. And you're going to be trusted because it's such an authentic journey for you. I, um,
1: I don't know if I was talking to you about this the other day, but I've been finding myself obsessed with this whole idea of the Sherpas and porters that climb Everest and they climb the Himalayas. And if you've ever watched the 14 peaks movie, um, with Nims die, like that was his, whole thing was like climbing, like doing the impossible, climbing the 14 peaks. But then the further I went down to this whole Sherpa Porter thing, it's like, not only do they lead from the front, right? You're carrying your load plus the load of your client.
0: Yeah. They're bad. they are so
1: strong physically, even though you look at them and they don't look like they would be that strong, but they're carrying their body weight mm-hmm. in shit on their back. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what do we do? We have our own shit and we're helping you guys climb the mountain too. Mm -hmm. And we're, we acclimate first, we go up and come back down. We go up, we set the ropes, we come back down. We fix the things up there that the weather destroyed. And then we come back down and make sure it's safe for you to come and cross. That's Mm -hmm. what I feel like the work that we do emotionally, spiritually, and like the healing stuff that we do that it's sometimes hard to even articulate. Cause when people are like, well, what do you do? Yeah, I'm a coach or yeah. Yeah. I do this, but it's like, it's so much more than that it Really, as is, we yeah. are bearing so much in those bags. It's mm-hmm. not just a tent. It's mm-hmm. like, we're carrying the words, the support, the energy, trusting our own intuition on how to respond to people mm-hmm. and carefully and gently or tough love or this or that. Right. So mm-hmm. that's.
2: Yeah. I love that. And
1: it also made me think that
2: it that process made me examine what I need to put down and what I don't need to carry with Mm me all the time. 100%. And you know, maybe it's just for a while or, or permanently, but yeah. What, what is it that I want to be carrying? with? What
1: are the necessities that you need Mm -hmm. to make it up the mountain? You know, we don't need all that extra shit. We need, you know, shelter, food, right? Emotional
0: support. Emotional
1: support to know that we can get it up. Get Mm -hmm. it up. Get it up. (laughs) up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that too. Yeah. (laughs) This is not PG, kids. (laughs) Get that emotional support up. That's right. (laughs) As you start working with clients, because you've been working with clients for a couple of years now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. What is your favorite thing about, because you primarily work with women, right? Or only women? Yes.
2: Um, I market myself as a a women's life coach. I have had male clients, um, and, and will work with males, but you know, it's the whole marketing piece is Mm -hmm. easier to just target one thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you have, you have the women's perspective too, right? So you're going to automatically be able to connect and relate and, and understand, but Mm -hmm. so what is your, uh, favorite thing about working with clients?
2: just seeing um i guess for them too it, it really is about that that expansion and, and it's you know the whether it's the light bulb going off or you know and not everything is a huge a huge awareness but i think having people to when they are able to see what's what's important, what do I need? What can I let go of? And to just mm-hmm. kind of start shedding those layers and letting their inner light, you know, really come forward to. And and with women, um, whether it's you know socialization or our own personalities, I mean, we we do we carry everybody's shit. If you're a mm-hmm. you know a, a, a parent or working or stay at home, I, I mean, like just. It, Women have so many of, of those extra burdens. And so what we work on often is like releasing some of the, the people pleasing tendencies and being able mm-hmm. to really find their own core values and, and priorities and how to set boundaries without going into panic mode or feeling like a bitch. And you know what what do they need to to thrive? Because so many women just you ask them and I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know what I need right
1: now. Honestly, when it comes to the people pleasing, like for someone who may not even be aware that they're doing it, what are some of the behaviors or actions that you've seen that you're like low key that's people pleasing, but they don't, they may not see it in themselves. Yes, yeah. Those things that you've seen.
2: Uh, usually it's, it's seeking the validation and appreciation yeah. of others mm-hmm. and that's where, where people don't necessarily need it. And, and also wanting other per other people to feel a certain way. So they're really concerned with how other people are thinking and feeling. It might be about them personally, but it it could be it could be broader. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so like managing and, someone's emotions for them. Yes.
2: Yes. And you know, I don't want them to be mad at me. I don't want mm-hmm. them to
0: be disappointed in mm-hmm. me.
2: Okay. And that's sounds really nice. Um, but the realization of it, that you can't control other people's emotions and you're actually trying to manipulate another person and yourself in order to get this outcome. And so that's that's where people it, it really is is much more emotional than then people realize they might see it more as the actions, like things they're saying or doing, but it it really has the emotional core of someone wanting to feel a certain way. And they need somebody else
0: to help them get there. Right. So they think they're being polite in every interaction that they have when in reality they're low-key manipulating in order to stay comfortable or keep other people comfortable or to not have things uh not work out well. right? So, So,
2: yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, and I don't want other people to feel uncomfortable. So it's really trying to manage all of these situations with, with how mm -hmm. people feel and how you feel. Um, And it comes down to, like, if, if I'm so concerned about how you are feeling, I'm completely out of touch with, with my own emotions and what I'm giving up in order to make that happen.
0: That to me feels like abandonment, right? So like consistent <laughs> of abandonment self. of self. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, it's this, there's so many layers to this and I love that we're talking about it, but people, women in particular, We just really, until we start looking at how we are engaging in these behaviors, like people pleasing perfectionism, because even that is perfectionism is rooted in acceptance, like the need to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And so like this fear of rejection and the need for external validation. And and then we adopt all these behaviors, which are kind of survival mode type of adaptations Mm -hmm. that we have. It's
1: you like, you come Do you still like me? Do you still like yeah, me? Yeah. Do you still yeah, like yes, me? Yeah. Am I okay? We're yeah. still good. <laughs>
2: well you, and
1: yeah, you when you look at the,
2: the sociology and the history of all of that, that it just goes back to, you know, wanting to have your tribe and needing yeah, to yeah, say that and, and connection. The the problem is that when you go too far, then you know people's feelings change and their their actions change and so it's not stable and so you're constantly needing that reassur- reassurance yeah. and asking again because it could change at any moment and when you're not rooted in in yourself and relying on on other people
0: oh it's terrifying too right and like your
1: performance mm-hmm. right like you're yep. performing yep.
0: you are yeah so I want to go back to what you had said just a couple minutes ago, where you're just totally disconnected from your own self, your own true essence, mm-hmm. because you're so focused on managing the environment around you so that mm-hmm. you wouldn't be upsetting the apple cart or be rejected or whatever. Yeah, I see that a lot, too, in my energy practice where. It's very clear that they're having solar plexus issues where they're like out of touch with themselves and they don't know their own power and they don't have boundaries and they're people pleasing. And I will ask people, What is it that you really want? What is it that you really need? And they will say, I don't know. I don't even know. And I'm like, Well, why don't you take a few minutes to just think about it and feel into that and see what comes up. And it's almost overwhelming for them, right? And then we start talking about, okay, when you, when you connect into who you are, that inner landscape of who you are at your core, like who is Shannon, who is Kristen, who is Mio, that's when you start to get the answers of what it is I want and need, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, whatever those terms mean, right? And when did it become that, or when did it happen that we became so disconnected from who we are and why? Like, I find that whole cycle so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm in it too, right? Like I didn't really dig deep into understanding that about myself until just a few years ago. And it was almost crushing to have these realizations of how much, I self abandoned in order to do life and wow. to have acceptance and love or whatever validation. So I'm just so curious about what, it. what are the things that you like tell people when it's clear they're having this complete disconnection from who they are? How do you guide them through that to, to start to reconnect?
2: Yeah one of the first exercises I like to do with people is just a, a values and priority assessment. And, you know, most people will be like, Oh, my family's important or, you know, maybe, you know, my spirituality or having these things, but it's like, what, no, like really dive in and, and again, going to the emotional piece, like what is the emotion that is tied to that, that you really want to feel. And so will dig into that over. Um, it, and sometimes it might take weeks just as, as they're narrowing it down because I really try and get people to, um, do, do some deep thinking. Like if you have one feeling that is going to anchor your life, one, what, what is that? Wow. And, um, and that can be really hard. I mean, it took me months to, to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it, it's inner peace. And for me, that that's kind of the the center. And then I have you know my like three pillars from from there that that dictate. And I have found when people, um, and it, it's a combination of, of of journaling and talking and coaching and you know meditation or whatever you want you want to be to be able to try and refine that. Mm-hmm. So just that process in itself can be really illuminating. But then when you're more focused on like, what are these core things that I really need and want in my life? It is so much easier to make decisions and not second guess yourself and not beat yourself up or to be able to set boundaries because um, they don't have to be these hard ass boundaries, but simply like, no, I'm not going to make crap for the bake sale because
0: I don't don't want want to to.
2: (laughs) and or you know or or whatever it is and
1: my favorite thing to say is I don't have the bandwidth for that right I love that too I love that phrase
2: I I use that as well and 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 to be able to honor yourself and and know that Mm -hmm. um to, to be able to say no. And so the, the women that I'm working with, and especially if there are some, whether it's, it's people pleasing or just being a really high achiever um, that you're, uh, you know, afraid of failure and rejection. And yeah. what is, what is it like? Is, is it that source of connectedness? What does that mean? What is it that you're really seeking? And so there, there is just, um, that's one of the first things that we start with, it becomes kind of a process through, Mm -hmm. through the coaching pattern, because just being able to kind of grow, whether it's your North star, your anchor, or how you're grounded, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, uh, knowing like truly knowing what that is,
0: Mm -hmm. it
2: it just makes it so much easier to pursue what it, what you want and need.
0: Yeah. I feel like people have a really hard time being honest with themselves Mm -hmm. about what that is and they feel guilty for wanting certain things that are totally within their human right Mm -hmm. and and their soul's right in this life. So I can see how this process for you, because it's similar with me with clients, but I can see how this process would take weeks potentially As someone is learning how to not edit themselves and their feelings and their thoughts and their desires based on like this lens of what are people going to think of me if I'm honest about who I am and what I want. Mm -hmm. It's like the, it's the ultimate coming out. If you really think about it, like you're coming out to yourself and then by extension, you show the world who you are. And that's fucking scary, yeah. when you're finally admitting, like, I don't like that shit. Like it's never resonated with me. I'm finally going to say that. And I can't feel bad about that anymore because it does not feed my soul. But so many people are really reserved to mm-hmm. about being so honest with themselves. I feel like you have to get to that point where you like, what do you have to lose by being honest with mm-hmm. yourself about what, what you want to create for you and how you want to feel moving forward. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and, oh, I'm sorry. May I'll go ahead. And- I was, well, I just wanted to jump in like five minutes ago, but it was like, <laughs> there was a lot that was going. So I was going to say two things and before I forget, cause I have a stoner brain. Um,
0: <laughs> the first
1: thing is I always with clients and friends, people in general, I will always look at you. And you know, the, some, some way how people can look and see aura. Mm-hmm. I look at, see your inner child. And so I see you, not you specifically, but I see us women, when I'm talking to us as children that are in these Mm -hmm. adult bodies. So when we go back to the question of what is it that we need? What is it that we want? It goes back down to childhood of who you were as a child. What didn't you get? Where were you neglected? Mm -hmm. Where didn't you have a voice? Where did you have to perform? Where, how were your parents interacting with you? Because ultimately what's our whole show about souls having a human experience. So our childhoods, all of these experiences are us Experiencing that and growing, and then the rest of the world, the rest of our lives are this trajectory of like, here's us working out our shit from where we sprouted from. This is how we <laughs> counteract, how we counterbalance all the things that we got shot up out, and now we're like, all right, here's where we are. But the other thing I was gonna say was this is where human design would come and be very complementary for people who have never heard of human design, you know, your, <laughs> your way that your energy works. So, so when you're asking these people and they look at you deadpan and they're like, I don't know. It's because truly they're, some of their inner design working literally is empty until yeah. somebody else comes in mm-hmm. to the picture and has something that sparks or fills them up in these areas. So it's like, I can totally understand. Cause for me, it's super easy. You ask me a question that my answer is already like, Oh, it's already formulated mm-hmm. and popped in, but there are some people, like you say, it could take weeks to get through this process. And I'm like, Oh, no wonder why, because they could be built like this or they could like, yeah. So, yeah. I it's think fascinating.
0: it's, it's so synchronistic that you bring, bring, uh, bring up human design. Sorry, tripping yeah. over my words. Miracle, yeah. uh, Kristen, and, I <laughs> Kristen and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. Like she had asked me, "What do you think about human design?" And I'm like, "Well, I think it can be really useful. I don't know very totally. much about it." And mm-hmm. so that was Kristen. That was something you were thinking yeah, about, like awesome. learning. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, a nudge so from the universe.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Could, could, because it just. Once you realize how you're, some people have their undefined and defined centers, mm-hmm. meaning like, you know, you're full, you're not, I don't want to say yeah. full or empty, but you know, it's just like you either have a self starting purpose and motivating energy within you, or you reflect that from the other people around you. Mm-hmm. And I just had this conversation with my seven-year-old as I was dropping him off to school today, because he complains of people talk so much and they I don't love stop him. and listen and they don't, they're too rowdy. So I said, well, he goes, and they don't listen if I say shush. And I was like, so next time, you know, just realize that some people get excited around other people's energy Mm -hmm. and they can't help it. They literally are bouncing off each other. And when you have 22 kids in one room, Ezra, like, this is going to happen because some people are calming and grounding energies where they're the ones holding space and being the container for all of this. Mm-hmm. And then there's other where they're just like, like your is my ideas, ah, chaos, right. Mm-hmm. Except for their seven. So they yep. don't know how to, that's how it expresses itself. Right. But mm-hmm. so we got the same thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, and then, of uh, you know, we're adults doing the same thing, right. Uh-huh. Just. <laughs> With using swear words, right? <laughs> yeah, <So>.
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and so much like, and we've talked about whether it's childhood and where did all this come from, and and there's so many ways. But and I I see that now, like as my kids have like gone through puberty and, and adolescence, oh and yeah. watching and and having taught that that age for for a long time too that we do like, we lose our curiosity. We lose our imagination uh-huh. and, and it's the, the conformity. And for women, um, oh my God, it's, it's how you walk and sit and stand uh-huh. and talk. And do, do you, do fit in and what you're supposed to look like and sound like? And
1: it's like, like you can't just it exist. Never, no, Literally. And, it's like, why? And you so can't
2: just it's me. no, <laughs> it's no wonder you get to a point where you're like, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I want or what I need because I'm so busy considering everybody else because that has been beat into me now for maybe not literally beaten into you, but that (laughs) that has been, I hope not embedded. um, (laughs) Embedded. Thank you. Um, Just our Western, you know, culture and and I'm Mm -hmm. in the Midwest and we get this really Midwest nice and don't. Midwest um, rub- passive aggressive. <laughs> you mean. Yes. Yes. And you know, don't, don't rock the boat. And so the socialization with, with that, to be able to just sort out like your brain, of yeah. what, what are the expectations from other people? What are the expectations from my parents and society and everything else? And um, being able to recognize even that those exist right, right. is Well, and how much
0: they influence you, like on the, you know, at the background level without you even having conscious awareness of it, like how you're making decisions based on all of those things, having some sort of influence. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy until like, until you stop and you really look at what feeds into who I am and how I operate and what I show the world about myself and why Mm -hmm. does it, why does it carry that much weight? That's why I love that you said, you know, 15 minutes ago that this process is so illuminating. It's scary as fuck, but yeah. like you learn so much about who you are and yes. why you do the things that you do. Just and why- shed the
1: skin shed yeah. the layers, and you're just like it feels like taking your bra off. You're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. finally I could just be me. Yeah. <laughs> Let them hang.
0: <laughs> we don't we don't realize I don't like to use this. Term Because I feel like people throw the term toxic around way too easily or way too much, but we don't realize how a lot of these influences are actually toxic to, to who we are in our own unfolding of, Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what that is. It's so suppressive and oppressive. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's such a silent experience, right? Because it's conditioned in from a young age and um, until you actually stop and say, I'm not happy. What does happy even mean? I don't know, but like, I need to figure this shit out because I feel like I'm suffering right now and I can't expand. And
1: back to human design that <laughs> when you're feeling frustration or your re- emotional response, when things are not in alignment, like for me and you, like MGs, yes, F- generators, frustration is our Notification light.
0: Yeah, are so not self, feel, right? Yeah, when we
1: feel frustrated, <laughs> that means we're like, okay, this isn't, this isn't the the thing for us, right? Mm-hmm. The fuck no, this is not the fuck yes. So, yeah, I forgot. What yeah. I was
2: yeah. And I'm, I'm a projector in my Oh, experience. I knew it. I was They're like, mess. she's
0: either a reflector or a projector. Cause I think yeah. she needs like the invitation and I couldn't remember yes. what you were <laughs>
2: yeah. totally open center. And so that Got has it. been so fascinating for me. Just uh-huh. that whole piece too.
0: Yeah. So you're, are you undefined in your spleen and your, and your yeah. solar plexus? So that's interesting because for you to actually make some of the choices that you've made in recent years has been like completely uncomfortable for you. Yes. But like <laughs> yes. big risk, <laughs> yes. big, big risk Most but big <laughs> yes. So I have an undefined uh third eye in human design, but I'm like I have sacral authority with a defined spleen and a defined solar plexus. So like I have to trust my gut instinct and my intuition with everything or else it's just going to go to shit, right? Yeah. Like I get too much coming in through the the third eye. It's too much information. I get caught up in all of the thinking and the weighing of possibilities. And I'm supposed to like make a snap decision based on how I feel. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Which is like the opposite of you, Kristen. Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow.
2: Leave me alone. Let me learn. And then come let me know when when you want. (laughs) Yeah, you're, <laughs> you
0: definitely are a rest and digester. Like, let me take it all in and let me ruminate on it. And then I'll come to the conclusion that I need to, and what feels best. And, um, I really love that about you actually, cause you're very measured that way. And I think that's part of how you stay grounded in a lot of what you're going through. Um, she has like Torian qualities, Mio, like Even though she's an Aries, I feel like she's got Taurus Taurus qualities, but how does your intuition come into play when you're helping clients?
2: Yeah. Um, it's an interesting balance of, yeah, using the, the knowledge and, and the intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, one, one of the things with coaching and, you know, when I, I generally will ask a client, you know, what do you want to talk about today? What do you want coaching on? And sometimes it's just a rambling, you know, five, five minute monologue of, of anything and everything coming, you know, going Mm -hmm. on in their life. So there is some intuition in terms of where do I want to take this? Mm -hmm. Because again, uh, often a client will come in not entirely sure or like I have this thing and it's bothering me and I don't know where to go with it. So there, there is a balance of, of intuition and, um, and skills in terms of how can I best serve this this client today, as well as being able to read them throughout the process. And you know, where do they need to be pushed? Where do we need to um, back up mm-hmm. and maybe just sit with whatever this is and shut my mouth for
0: mm-hmm. listen, yeah, 30,
2: thirty seconds or a minute and let them just process. So, um, you know, that's on, on the day to day, the intuition as becoming a, you know, entrepreneur, trying to start an online business that has, um, and I have so many thoughts about being a projector in that space. <laughs> um, and absolutely but, like, that that has really been as I'm going into like my third year with this in in terms of building a business that that I want. Like I I followed lots of, Mm -hmm. this is what you should do. Here's what other people say you need to do. And so now it's like, okay, well, what about what I need? Mm -hmm. And um, where do I want this to go? And so that's where I think I'm again, learning to lean into intuition and emotion mm-hmm. and not not always the logical or yeah. you know, what other what has worked for other people.
0: Right. And Someone really else's finding, model. Finding yeah, because
1: path. similarly I have you know multi, multi-business, multi project, mm-hmm. and I pretty much had my hand in any kind of multimedia creation of launching anything of any type. And I would follow all these videos and follow these coaches and do this. And then I would sit and go, I'm listening to this young 20 something who's got no kids has all the time in the world. (laughs) And no wonder why this person like, yeah, if I had that much time. So I I used to beat myself up for not like keeping up with what this person was doing. And I'm like, this doesn't fit my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like this person doesn't have Taekwondo practice and demo (laughs) team and band practice. And this, you know what I mean? To all these like Yeah, time sucks Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, yeah, if I had eight hours to knock this out, totally. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what, I need to do what's going to work for me what feels good in my lifestyle. I need to create this structure for my day. Because for me, like I don't even book, I don't even book appointments. Be like you rarely, unless you absolutely have to, are gonna be able to book an appointment before 10 a.m. with me because I need time to take my kid to school, come home, decompress, mm-hmm. get ready mentally for the day. And then I'm ready around 10 a.m. to deal with people and their shit. <laughs> and I love that. I'm mm-hmm. the
0: same way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and I love that I've been able to build a mm-hmm. life with through my very, you know, various roles. It, it feels good.
1: It yeah, feels yeah. very, very and rarely do people push back and being like, that's awful. How can you not talk to me at seven? Like, no, no, people just don't do they're like, okay, these are your boundaries. This
0: is your Yeah. Steps. I was just gonna say boundaries. Like,
1: <laughs> like, you know, oh, somebody messaged me today. Do you want me? I need to talk to you about family photos. Do you want me to book the call through your website? Please. Please book through the website. Please do everything. Like I, this is how mm-hmm. I function in my day-to-day life is by everything being on the calendar. And I don't have time to cherry pick conversations and remember where I was talking to you and remember yeah. where details were. Like, I yes. just, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth for that. <laughs> yes.
0: Yep. But and that's a learning
1: process. Cause before I would just, when I was married, sorry. And I just want to dump this out. But when I was married, he was entrepreneur and Aries energy, very go, 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 go get shit done. So he'd be like, answer the phone now, respond to emails now, respond to text messages now. And so it kept him glued to the phone and glued Mm -hmm. to everything. And he expected that of me and my nervous system didn't handle that well because I didn't like having to stop what I was doing. Just to completely shift gears and attend my energy to this other person, just because they're calling and they're ready to talk to me about something right, right that second didn't mean I was, and it would drag me down. Like it made me feel really bad because yeah. then, I don't know, I just felt, because that's probably the human design part where it's like, it fell out of alignment. So it was almost physically painful to get pulled away when I was in flow doing something else.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's also a boundary thing like I had very similar experience when I first started my practice and mm-hmm. people reaching oh, out in it. all these different ways like they would reach out on Facebook they would reach out I mean like later I was on Instagram and a lot of people do contact me that way but huh? or they would uh, send me an email to my personal private email like oh I got your email from so and so and I'm like fuck okay so all these yeah. different avenues of how yeah. people would contact me and I it took me probably a couple of years to become comfortable with saying, you know what, I need you to actually go to my website and go through the process of booking yes. an appointment that way, because that's, that keeps it all streamlined for me. Yep, I would feel bad at first to like, uh, creating that boundary, but eventually became necessary and emotional. Yeah. And emotionally, like emotionally, the biggest lesson for me was like, no, Shannon, you do not have to give yourself away. And all of the, you are not here for their benefit. You are here for your journey and your benefit. You have the opportunity to help in some way for them. So allow that to be what it will be without infringing on your capacity to operate in your own human life with peace. right? Right. So Right. I had to become very comfortable with creating that boundary and then sticking to it for myself, sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. So very rarely now do I accommodate somebody like if they say they like none of your, your service times work for me, I will say, uh, well, there are several other very talented healers in the area here is their information. And I know that they do have availability that's more flexible, or if it's somebody that I've known for a very long time, I right. will actually say, you know what? I would be happy to see you on Saturday or yeah. on Thursday evening. Like I have no yeah. problem doing that with somebody Accommodating. who, yeah, yeah. but like, it took me a long time yeah. to stop being a people pleaser that way. So the people
1: pleaser <laughs> part comes from, so in the people pleasing in business for me would pop up in what if they think I'm charging too much? They don't value my service. Right. They don't, what if they don't book me? What if they don't pick me, you know, being a wedding photographer, like they love me, but then they don't value me enough to book me mm-hmm. or they love me. But then it's like, no, it's, they just, they're really there. It was out of budget. They really truly would have if they had the budget or whatever. Right. It's mm-hmm. nothing personally, unless I royally screwed something up and offended them, which that's knock on wood, that's not the thing, but I'm just saying it's, I hope they pick me. I hope they pick
0: me. Yeah. The little girl yeah. wanting to be chosen. The little right.
1: girl wanting to be chosen. Mm-hmm. And then with drawing the line of uh, discounts, value, what yeah. I offer, uh, I had this conversation even in a photography group a couple of days ago of anxiety and people pleasing coming into money and tying into, I can't believe these people are willing to pay me this much for what I do and who I am.
0: Oh, your value. It's
1: very Mm -hmm. like, this one girl's like, I charge $15,000 for weddings and people pay me for it. And I have anxiety over it. And especially because one extra level, we're we're both foreigners, foreigner families. So Mm -hmm. when you have a different upbringing of like everything scarcity anyways, then you go into being a business owner and going, yeah, pay me $15,000 to come shoot your wedding. And then you're like, heart's beating out of your chest. Cause your, your hand is still in somebody else's wallet, right? Your yes. hand is still like your gut. It just feels like, oh my God, how dare I? Right. And there's so many things tied into that imposter syndrome. And yeah, like, I was just going it, to say it's yeah. all, imposter syndrome. It's all layered together. It's not just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the people pleasing all definitely ties into, well, I should just be charging this much. Cause that's what the standard market rate is instead of no, this is what it costs me to leave my house and to maintain a household and for me to live the life I want to live. And once you get to that point, the boundaries, the structure, the people pleasing goes away. Once you get to the point of, I'm not going to meet you where you're at just because you can't like, I, I'm willing to meet you halfway, but I'm not willing to be demanded or pushed over and be liked because I'm afraid if I say, no, you're going to leave me bad Yelp review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the wanting to belong and the fear of rejection or abandonment at you know, the, the most basic level.
1: Yep. And, it all boils so. down to, the, I'm gonna make a shirt like that. It all boils down to abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> and it.
2: Yes. Yes. I can totally attest to, uh, many, many, uh, yeah. Hours of dealing with that.
1: <laughs> <Days>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Oh, and and the imposter syndrome and the little girl wanting to be chosen. That's Mm -hmm. been a theme that's been coming up like personally and across clients the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. So it's just so interesting. I feel like too energetically, the atmosphere of the energy cosmically, astrologically, Mm -hmm. planetarily is really pushing us to examine these core wounds that we have and to finally process and move beyond them. Mm-hmm. And that's uncomfortable for so many people. Like you see it happening around us. And people, like
1: people will tell me like, oh, just get over it. That's your childhood. Who who the fuck cares? I'm like, no, that matters because it helps me understand how I think and process as a human being, because that was my childhood, because mm-hmm. I grew up with these beliefs around myself, around money, around my relationship, you know, all the things with family, like all of it boils down for me to that's the lens to which I grew up with. That's the lens mm-hmm. to which I viewed my life. So, although it's like, no, 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 I'm not saying this is the excuse and reason. I'm just saying it helps me to understand who the hell I am at the core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's your background. It's the story that was written in your head over and over and over again with which we told ourselves. Yeah. It's your point of reference too, for life until you are actually ready to rewrite it and believe this new version, which can be really, really hard.
1: That's where I feel like I'm finally at. Not that I'm like on the other side of this thing called life. Like, okay, I made it. I'm cool. (laughs) I just, I finally feel like, oh, okay. It's almost like, all right, act two, let's go. Like, the first part of like of the play is done. We hit our intermission. We hit our reset. Now we got a set change. You know, we got a little wardrobe shift. Like, OK, we're rewriting this thing and we're like fixing all the things and still tying into the first part of the story. But now it's like a definite change of like, OK, now we're turning it into improv and we're going <laughs> to improv. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, making, I, we're
2: here we go. <laughs> and I feel like part of the journey for people, too, is. Like you're at a stage where it's just, everything is very broad initially, mm-hmm. and lots of you know whether it's self-help or following you know people online or whatever. Where, um, but it's it's very generic. And and when we talk about you know whether it's your your upbringing and um, your 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 money values and your culture and you know just how all of those things play in and having that awareness whether you do anything about it, but there is so much individuality in it. And, and I think that's where the healing journey really, you know, take, takes off and, and for, for people as you're getting beyond kind of this broad piece, however you want to go where you're doing that really individual work one-on-one with somebody Mm -hmm. somehow, um, you know, dealing with your own shit rather than just this, you know,
0: for real. You mean, you can't no. just figure out how to work the law of attraction and make it all like yeah. disappear. Read,
2: read, read the book. <laughs> Books are wonderful. Podcasts are wonderful. I mean, we all, we all know that, but, um, we love, podcasts, and, yes, <laughs> and, we do, you know, but, but in terms of like, at some point to accelerate that, yeah that pathway, you know, doing the the really the individual work and understanding all the nuances that come into play.
0: It's so essential. Go ahead. I would say one
1: of the things when people because there are some times where I'll talk to people and you can tell who's on their healing journey and who Mm -hmm. it just looks at you like you have a third head. (laughs) And for those who look at you like you have a third head because they've never really faced their shit. They like I always say people can only meet you as far as they've met themselves. And so Mm -hmm. when they give you that dumb stare of like what are you talking about? how do you tell people like what are some of the ways they could quote do the work because yeah. we say it so casually because we know what that looks like for mm-hmm. us but for someone who's <laughs> never actually like ask themselves these questions and had a mirror face back to them because they've just been existing and living like what would you say
2: yeah. And that's, that's interesting. It, even just to, are they asking how do you know, how do I do this work? Is there a general, um, like, like where do you desire? start?
1: Yeah. Never done any, um, like self-awareness they've never, mm-hmm. you know, cause like I can tell someone go meditate and they'll be like, how the fuck do I do that?
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if, if I'm working with, with somebody, a lot of times it's just, it's just conversation and hearing them and then being able to kind of draw back to, um, oh, you know, notice this, you know, I've heard you say this thing, you know, three or four different times. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, really using, que- you know, questioning technique, just to try and discern whether they're, they're open uh-huh. to even thinking about it. Right. And so once it, it seems that they, they are, then it becomes, well, you know, we can sit here and have the conversations or are, you know, do you also want to read things and and do some journaling and, uh, you know, dive in introspection, or do you want to, you know, just talk to me for 45 minutes a week and figure that's good enough. So it, it some of it is just being able to figure out where, where the person is, but you know, I almost always go back to just this general idea of, of people like becoming aware of what you're thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: if they're mm-hmm. open to that, like you're thinking this, what does it mean? How do you feel when you think that? What happens if you think this instead, you know, is, and is there something learned- else that's also true? And that usually is like, oh, what do you mean? I can have two things true at the same time, yeah. you know? And um, so just that initial awareness is is often where I start.
1: It so, just made me think how we were talking about how some people have no internal monologue, and so mm-hmm. for those people, like there's a big percentage who like they literally don't think, they literally don't think about certain things. So it's like, how do you?
0: I can't even fathom that. Do,
1: do they yeah. just li- live in bliss, like <laughs> autopilot? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, that's blissful for some people, right? Autopilot. I mean, like my brain is so full oh all the Not time. Much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm constantly analyzing assessing observing Mm -hmm. um but that's trauma brain also just because you know well we've talked about that in so many episodes but Mm -hmm. trauma brain will all make you think about things a lot differently and approach things in a different perspective um man what it must be like to have no inner monologue with yourself or dialogue or when when your intuition kicks in that must be scary as shit to all of a sudden start (laughs) here
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. I even have like theme music that runs through my head like, every day. God, I do. I I do. I have like different music that comes in. And I'm like, oh, that's the theme for the day. That's so funny. it's uh, constantly, I have, I have like many dialogues. I have going many on conversations
1: <laughs> going at once internally. Yeah. But, oh geez. You know, it's funny. Cause I realized that the, the work, the quote, the work that I do for myself and for clients, sometimes it's just as, as small as like, okay, let me go and sit under the sun and just feel what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where I'm like, let me go and ball my eyes out. Mm-hmm. Let me go and take my ass to the sauna and go sweat it all out. So it's like, being mindful to know what your body needs to process and push through or experience what you're experiencing. Cause sometimes it's not, sometimes the goal isn't to hurry up and get it over with. For or sure, to right? understand
0: it in that moment. Like, that's true too. Yeah. You don't need to understand it right away in that moment, but you do need to feel it.
2: Right. And that's even feeling emotions is something that, um, like, I feel like I had to learn and it's, a like an actual process that I will go through with clients to be able to sit and feel, um, you know, what, what does frustration feel like in your body? What does, Mm.
0: um, you know,
2: or, or jealousy or any of Mm. these other things, because you, um, it, and to be able to discern it to like, what, what's the difference because, you know, anxiety and excitement and nervousness all kind of feel the same. Like
1: it's on the same spectrum. Yeah. Right? So, yeah.
2: so how, you know, how do you tell that difference and then to be able to sit to with sh- it Yeah. and let the night, you know, 60 to 90 seconds or whatever it is and just feel it. And, we're, we weren't ever taught that. And the oh, no. you know, <laughs> in, emotion is, it's going to wash through you and it's just a feeling like, and you can, you know,
1: it's yes. black and white, you're happy or you're sad. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, well, I love, like about all
2: these yeah. Things? <laughs> Brené Brown did, I don't know, like seven years of research of, you know, and most people know like five basic emotions and <laughs> And that's it. Like they can name five and identify five for themselves. And so um, that's, I'm sure that this group listing is well beyond that. But I think that's also an interesting person. Well, it's an interesting perspective just in the people that you interact with as well. Mm -hmm. And when your frustration and your annoyance so often is because people aren't responding the way you want them to, but like what emotional level are they
1: they are. I feel like, and I don't know if this is true for you as well, but I feel like the more um, I've gotten over the people pleasing and matured maturing through that. I won't say I'm healed from that. No, because I still have my people. There's still things I do that I recognize, but the more that I work on myself and the more that I try to heal from these things, it's almost like that's, I can do better work for other people. I can, I can help other people stick through their shit and you know, do my and love of calling them out on whatever they come to me for, you know, but most of the time, by the time people get to me, they're already on their spiritual awakening journey. And because I've had a, I don't give a fuck anymore attitude. And like, here, I'm going to talk about my spiritual journey openly, bluntly. Now, those are the people that are like, holy shit, I'm here. I'm at the door. Can you please open it and help me? Because I don't know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like me trying to save people or evangelize spirituality. Yeah. It's it's totally yeah. They they've embraced it and they're ready. They're yeah, they've come to they've come to me at the point of like, all right, where this is already happening. The weird yeah. shit's already happening. The weird <laughs> shit's already <laughs> happening. <laughs> or they've had their their breakdown, their epiphany, by yeah. by the time they get to me, they've had their like ugly mm-hmm. okay, my core and my guts have been ripped out from inside of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I, sometimes it's like, Hey, make sure you're in therapy, but also I can help yeah. you yes. <laughs> but make sure you, you are getting help <laughs> from multiple mm-hmm. avenues. Yes. Just put that on me. But mm-hmm. yeah, again, look at us emotional Sherpas just
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carrying shit up the mountain multiple the times with multiple with times, no oxygen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. The badasses do it without oxygen, right? <laughs> or the crazy like ones.
1: Or the crazy ones, whatever. Or the crazy ones. <laughs> no. Um,
0: so Kristen, for people who might be listening that struggle with overthinking and people pleasing, like we can look at these separately. Like for the overthinkers who might be listening, what would be like the top three things that you would say to help them under, like to understand, overthinking is something they can let go of.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'd go back to like I said before. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true, mm-hmm. um, and the overthinking so often it's just it, it becomes a cycle. Um, I, I would also say that um, our brains really like to be efficient. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of patterns. And so it's often going to be something that you have thought many times before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's become habitual. That's, it's like your car running on cruise control. It just, that that's efficient and you're, you're not looking for other answers. So um, knowing that just because it's there doesn't mean it's true, mm-hmm. um, or that you can't change it. Would be the other piece, um, as well as you have the ability to um, control. I, I don't want to say control, but maybe more manage your thoughts, because a lot mm-hmm. of times with with overthinking, it just it seems like it's overwhelming, and your thoughts are running you rather than you just making a decision. That mm-hmm. I don't have to think this anymore, or I can think something else. So just some of those things for people, especially if they're new, it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit, you know, And <laughs> <much. laughs> um, that, you know, I've, I've thought this way for decades and I don't, I don't have to, it doesn't even matter where it comes from, but like, I
1: don't,
0: I don't have to so, giving yourself permission to change the narrative,
1: yes, reprogram yeah. the brain. She made a point though; she was like, the brain likes efficiency, so if the brain is running like a computer program, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pre written software of some yeah. sort, right? And the things that are, you know, getting in there to command the change are either going to be trauma, change, you know, external changes, or you can mm-hmm. manually get in there and rewrite this program, rewrite the software program to say, okay, now I'm going to run this, this code. So when this happens, now this is going to be the thing that happens from, from now on, or um, those like, you know, so psychology or science, whatever, like, would be like the pathways. Yes. Right. So it's kind of like physically and mentally tying the two in together because it's like. All right, we got to we got to create change and the brain is the you know, we got to steer our way to that direction if this is where we need to go, but mm-hmm. we have to think it first, right? Because it's it's yeah. it's crazy the way that the workflow moves between thinking, action, behavior. Mm-hmm. And we think that they're not all tied in, but yet it's literally just a workflow. Yes. So yeah. when we get a you know, stimulus, stimuli that come in, how our brain functions, process it. And then we respond back to it is just workflow. So it's crazy.
0: Doesn't. It's crazy how automatic it is too, at times where mm-hmm. like you will be going from zero to 60 without even really realizing it until you're like in panic overthinking mode.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you like, then you have to put the brakes on. So that. No wonder it's overwhelming for so many people.
1: Yeah. Why some people run in a chronic state of exhaustion, fatigue, because if their brain is going, 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 it's like, you know, if we go back to the computer example, it's like their computer's running. It's hot in there. The vents are
0: too many tabs are open. (laughs) Too many tabs are
1: open. The memory's running low. It's like you're not optimizing your human at that Mm -hmm. point. Not, you're not. Yeah. So,
2: With, and, and starting with people, a lot of times we'll just take a look at, like, you know, describe something for me and we will take a situation and strip it down. Like, what are the actual mm-hmm. facts of this? I love that.
0: The like entire
2: that. narrative that you have created. And, you know, I compare yeah. it to like the police report versus yep, the yep. Like, the eyewitness soap, accident, soap opera, you know, that is, yeah, you know, all dramatic, all the adjectives and, you know drama that that go with it because so much of what we are thinking normally are just stories and emotion like injected with
0: emotion
1: yeah that's Mm -hmm. one of the questions I'll ask myself when I find when I find myself in a state of extreme um distress like going through some shit where I'm like is this what's really happening or is this a story I'm telling myself Mm -hmm. what's what's truth and what's exaggerated or Added weight because of the emotion tied into it. What's my fear yeah. feeding into this? I, I was good. At least I could stop and ask myself those things. I used yeah, to not be able to do that.
0: For sure. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> well, you've like Camillo, You've come so far in your own journey too, of like self reflection and you know really advocating for yourself in this healing journey and doing the work. Right, the work, quote unquote, the work. What I like to do, and it's something that my own therapist told me to do you know, a couple years ago, like when I'd get caught in a narrative in my head based on extreme emotion, right. A reaction or wound core wounding. She's like, Shannon, sit down with a piece of paper and write out what you know to be true. Like, what are the facts? So I love that you said that Kristen, like Mm -hmm. what's, you know, what's actually true. And when you do an exercise like that, it like takes you physically back into your body logically on paper you get to see like what you actually truly know as truth fact versus like what is a statement that you've written down that's pure emotion and speculation right <laughs> and totally some kind of story that you've told yourself based on some kind of wound you have like it really becomes clear how we project out and overcomplicate things so everything I, yeah <laughs> <it's> everything everything <laughs> But it takes a lot. It takes a lot of self-awareness and determination to not want to feel that way anymore, to stop yourself in every moment that that's happening. And that's a lot of work too. like, it's so easy to just carry on and be dramatic, right. In our inner world versus like, like being really disciplined and stopping ourselves and saying, okay, I have to form a new neural pathway about this because this doesn't feel good in my body anymore. And it's not even fucking true. Right. So like, do I want to be in this jacked up fairy tale or do I want to actually...
1: Yeah. be In
0: a reality, that feels good. Yeah, Am I living
1: inside of this imagination or this thing, this picture I'm painting in my head? Am I living in the hell or am I living in it's a daydream? Like,
0: yeah, our brains, our psychology is so fascinating. Oh my gosh. It is amazing. And it is like, just to loop back to something that I think Kristen said like an hour ago, it's so nuanced for every person. Like we're just Mm -hmm. so dynamic in individual individual and unique, even though psychology of psychology, like the way it manifests in each of us is mm-hmm. so incredibly intricate. It's like a unique puzzle. Each and one that's of why us. I
1: like talking to people and then looking at their astrology. Cause then I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Or looking at their astrology and then validating what I see in their chart. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. This is da, 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 da. And you're like, Oh, there it is. 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 Got it. Okay, cool. So it's so
0: cool. It's, it's super cool. It's
1: interesting to tie it. Yeah. Tie it all in together. Tie it all in. Yeah.
0: So, okay. That was three points for overthinkers. And what would you like, what are like your top three for people pleasers?
2: Um, I I like asking the question, what, what do I want to feel? Like, what is, what is it that I'm wanting to feel out of this? Cause normally it almost always come back to like acceptance or, or validation. <laughs> Of, yeah. of some sort, um, but you know what? What is it that I'm I'm trying to feel? Um, it's really helpful, like I said, if we had gone through some of those uh, initial thoughts about like what what are my priorities, what are my values, and how is this you know whatever it is that I'm trying to do or decide, how does this fall into alignment? Um, and I think it's also really important for people to understand like you can't make another person feel mm-hmm. a certain way. Yeah. And that's so contrary to just our, our, our society and how we talk about things, but mm-hmm. like, I I can't hand you an emotion and say, feel this it's, it's always going to be through their own thinking and their own filters. And so wanting somebody to, you know, <laughs> Like you, or do certain things, or not be disappointed, or not be and mad. We were just
1: talking about this regarding the dating. Just, scene just like an yes, hour ago, too. Yeah, I was like, yes. I can't force, I can't force them to like me or be attracted to me no. anymore. Like I can't. No, you
2: know. so our, um, I, I mean, and there's so many things that whether it's attachment or codependency, and all, you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. even matter. But just simply that other people get to experience their own emotion mm-hmm. and when, if you can detach just that, that little yeah. bit, um, and allow people that space to, to have their own thoughts
0: and feelings,
2: mm-hmm. um, that can be a, a key piece as well.
0: Well, and it doesn't necessarily mean like whatever they're thinking or feeling has any bearing on who you are as a person. Right. right? Nope. Right? right. That's another story we tell ourselves. That's really pretty distorted. Like, um, mm-hmm. So if, if we can detach from that, like, wow, they're a person all with their own little universe inside them. And okay. I am too. And my worth and my, you know, my own self-validation has nothing to do with what they think or feel. But like, is that mm-hmm.
1: quote, that's like their inability to see your worth, like something like it doesn't Their someone's inability to see your worth doesn't affect your value. Yeah, I I love
0: that. I'm totally going to Google that right now. Yeah. I
1: probably chopped that up like really bad, but just, just know it's something like that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, we just, we get so tied up into other people's thoughts and emotions and how we want them to, to perceive us and, you know, our own worth. It's, it's really a a tangled. I want (laughs) you to like
1: me. I want you to be impressed by me. I want everybody else to like me. Um,
0: like it's so hard and, and you can see it's it possible. I, like, I, mean, I,
1: I can see it. Like if one of my, if somebody met my ex or whatever, he would be like, what'd they say about me? What'd they say Ugh. about me? And it's like nothing. Like <laughs> you want to be validated. You want, you want it to be the topic of conversation. You want like,
0: yeah. So that's somebody seeking. Yeah. External validation. validation yeah. Yep. So here's the quote. Your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability Inability to to see see your your, worth. That's right.
1: There we go. That sounds right. Yeah. Something like that.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah.
2: And, and I mean, everything just comes, comes back to, I mean, we, we have our own brains, our own filters, what, you know, what just happened an hour ago or what we're worried about going on later in the day. And so, That's, I think it's just so true to know that you have no idea what's going on in somebody else's
1: brain and and their life and their head and what they're processing. And why I tell people too I'm like, people actually think about you a lot less than you think they do.
0: (laughs) That's shocking to us too, right? Like, oh, wow. I did create this really strange story in my head about how important I am to other people. (laughs) yeah really it plays a small role because they're they have so much to worry about
1: my virgo stepmom told me at like 15 16 years old to like along those similar lines of like it's none of your business what other people think of you oh uh, it's literally it isn't it's not your fucking business what they think about you and i was like all right virgo i mean that is spoken
0: <laughs> like a true virgo right like that's bringing the hammer down right. and
1: dry what else do you say about that? But I mean,
0: you can take that in a very positive way. Like Mm -hmm. you're right. I should give two shits about what you think about me, your
1: personal opinion (laughs) about who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. It's your business. It's not mine.
0: Oh, Kristen, this has been So much fun to speak with you
1: you. you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. Yeah,
0: of course. Is there anything else that you would like to share that you have found that's really been uh, enlightening in your own journey and, and across people that you've been able to help?
2: Um, I, I think it's just knowing that again, it's an individual journey and also your, who you want to support and the guidance that you find can be really individual as well too so i mean i have i have a therapist i have a coach i do you know reiki we've done um you know different other you know healing healing and spiritual elements and things as well and um that just that permission to to ask and get for what you need and um you know, your journey doesn't have to be like anybody else's, even if it's somebody you really look up to or a mentor mm-hmm. that, um, allow that individuality for, for you as you go.
0: Authenticity, right? Yes. Like, I love that. Okay. So how can people find you if they want to look up yeah. Kristen Odegaard coaching, tell us, tell yeah. our listeners how they can find you. Um,
2: yeah, so all the links are are on my website, um, which is coachwithkristin.com. And Kristen is K-R-I-S-T-E-N. So coachwithkristen.com. Um, so you can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, I have a face, private Facebook group that we do um, some more and get a little bit more personal or intimate if if you would so choose into, into that. Um, I do live sessions usually on on facebook um oh, yeah. and as well and so you can interact there i started a podcast uh, just yeah. just recently so that is um, called St- stop overthinking
0: oh good and okay Dude. so
2: that's available on the um you know apple google spotify yeah uh, cool platforms. so um i'd love to and have you follow and and listen along there as well? And it
1: on so, to my list right now. And, totally, yeah. and yeah,
0: we so. we can also link your contact information down below. I have your IG handle, which is Kristen Odegaard Coaching, but I'll yes. I'll link that in the session notes mm-hmm. so that people can just click on it and go find you that way. And when you are doing coaching services, what does that usually look like? Is it like a one-off thing or do people usually stick with you for a couple of months? What, How does that work for yeah. you? Um, I,
2: I generally work in a uh, 12-week uh, session so that we would do weekly coaching. On, everything's on Zoom. It's virtual um, 45-minute sessions for for the 12 weeks. And every once in a while, I'll run promotions where it's a little bit Uh, shorter, um, Mm -hmm. duration, but I found that that's kind of the sweet spot for being able to, um, dig in with what's working, what's not working and how to make the changes. And then from there, clients can do, um, individual sessions, uh, if for, for maintenance, if, if they so choose or, or another package. And so sometimes, um, you know, I have clients that will go every other week after that, um, some that will just, Randomly out of the blue, say, "Hey, I need a session, uh, but I'd like to start with that that twelve week program." And it's a little bit of teaching uh, at the first part of the session, and then coaching, and we everything is personalized according to your your goals and what it is that you're hoping to achieve. Um, so, I do a free consult with. Uh, with people so we can talk and figure that out. And if it's a good mm-hmm. fit for you and, um, if, if it's not me, then I may have suggestions on, you know, something else that might be a, a better fit at this point for you as well.
0: That's awesome. I just looked up your podcast and your, yeah, I just your yeah. cover photo is so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah. You guys, if you do go follow her Instagram, she does, um, she does create content that's really witty and fun and kind of sarcastic and humorous. So a lot of little nuggets started
1: of, following her a lot of little nuggets
0: of wisdom that she puts out. and so if anything, you're gonna glean some nice insight just from touching base with Kristen here and there on social media if that's what feels good to you. but Thank I'm you. so glad that we could do this yes. and I can't wait to listen. You had quite the ordeal getting your podcast going. Like you you told me that you recorded several episodes and then had like your hard drive fail. Like yeah. Total I, Mercury retrograde oh no. Yes. yes. Uh, so it
2: was uh yeah, a learning experience, right? But yeah, so I I had um for yeah the first four four episodes that I had to re-record oh. and uh get going and yeah so
0: I see that you have them uploaded now so that's they, amazing. they are, yes yeah and, um, every
2: then, Thursday now is uh so I just don't have the the bank of them stored the way
0: I wanted to. Oh <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Like I always see those things as like that was really shitty that's that true. it had to happen that way, but like it must have happened that way because of timing or needed to happen. So I'm glad you've been able to let go and just be like, okay, we're just going to yeah. do it again. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, and, and they are short. They're usually um, like 18 to 20 minutes, um, trying to keep it more bite-sized nuggets. And yeah. so uh, yeah, I hope that people can get some insight there too.
0: Yeah. So it's called stop overthinking you guys. So if you want to give her a listen, you can give, you can go to Spotify or Halloween iTunes. now. Yeah, me too. I just clicked following. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. This has been so much fun. We really appreciate your time and I can't wait to see how things evolve for you even further. It's been fun to witness your journey this far and to know that you're becoming more and more comfortable with this aspect of being in service to others as a result of your own process. It's so beautiful to witness that. So, I'm super stoked for you to see how everything just blossoms and you just remember us when you're famous. Okay. When you're writing your (laughs) books and speaking in front of stages, just remember, remember Mio and Shannon. I know. (laughs) All right.
1: Appreciate you and your time. Yeah. Thank you. Likewise.
0: Yeah. All right, you guys, I hope, we hope that you really enjoyed this and let us know in the comments of our posts on Instagram, or and in, I think in Spotify now you can yeah, actually you can leave
1: reviews. You can you leave, can leave reviews, answer questions, yeah. take polls, all kinds of stuff that yeah. we learned.
0: Um, the other thing visit
1: us at soulsandstardustpodcast.com that's where you can actually join our membership it's called the collective it's 22 22 a month uh, you have access to our online courses guided meditation light language activations extended readings uh, so if you did find us via, via via our youtube channel that's where you can go book a session you can get extended readings all of that kind of good stuff so soulsandstardustpodcast.com
0: we'd love to have you
1: yeah, same all right. to Instagram too, so.
0: Yes. Love you guys. Love you. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shannon and that's Mio. We appreciate so much all of the love and support of the last couple of years while we create all the things for you, including this podcast. There are other ways you can support us as well. You can now visit the com where you can order oracle decks, book readings, and healing sessions. You can join the collective, a membership group, where we offer access to extended readings, mini courses on reading astrology charts, or creating your own oracle deck, also meditations, and so much more. You could also join us on social media. We are on Instagram, at Mio Baclini and at Gratitude Maven, or at Souls and Stardust podcast. We hope to see you there.